everyone, you're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. What a great week we've had. Uh, No one would know that so many people would lean in when you connect three letter words like God and sex. But somehow when we make those two connected, as God intended them to be connected, people listen up and people lean in. And so we want to give you just a brief look at what transpired in Fellowship Church's own sex experiment, Bed In. Check this out. It is 10.30 in a moment, up to the roof of a church with a pastor and his wife in a bed. And I'm not kidding. Right now. We're here at Fellowship Church in Grapevine, and yes, we are on Once again, welcome to thesexperiment.com. I want to welcome all of our audience, of course, those of you that are here in the U.S. Okay, and internationally as well. After Fellowship Church, and he's in a bed with his wife on top of his church right now. He's going to stay there for 24 hours to promote uh, the seven-day sex experiment. Lisa and I have written a book based off of a challenge that I did several years ago. I just basically suggested to the church for all married couples to have sex for seven days. And it was so popular. We received so much attention that we thought, hey, let's write a book about the results of it. So it challenges married couples to understand the depth and the beauty of sex because it's not that we don't think about sex. We don't think deeply enough about it. And most married couples want to have more sex, but they're not having enough sex. And we talk about how to do it in the book. And Lisa, you guys believe that the church has taken God out of the bedroom. That's right. For far too long, the church has been strangely silent about something that God was not silent about at all. In fact, he created sex. So we believe that the first and foremost place to talk about sex is in the home. And then the second best place would be the church. And so I've gotten emails or, or Facebook messages myself about from parents who are saying, is it okay for my kid to be here for my child? You know, what's the appropriate age? And what we found is that children and adults too are being bombarded with sexual messages through media, through television, through music. And so why not give the pure and clear view of what God says about sex right here at the church? So we're, I guess today we're shouting it from the rooftop. Yeah. Our message is to shout it from the rooftops that God is pro-sex. I think for too long a time we've allowed the culture to sort of hijack sex. And I think it's time for us to look at God's opinion about it because God says he's for sex. Sex is not X-rated. It's God's created. And he wants us to practice sex within the confines within the safety net of marriage. That's the statement that we're making. Okay, but you're not saying just for married couples to have sex. You're saying for them to have sex seven days in a row. seven days in a row. And when we announced it, the guys gave us a standing ovation. Right, I I can imagine (laughs) so. (laughs) But you have to know that um, one of the things that we talk about in our book, This Experiment, is that it's not just about seven days of sex. There's many couples who are dealing with some very hard issues and pain and suffering, maybe from their past. 
um, abuse, whatever, and we encourage them not to just get in bed and have sex, but to start with dialogue, read through the book, look at what um, the Bible has to say about the marriage and intimacy, then perhaps after walking into a counselor's office or talking to some a trusted friend that you can embark on this, but perhaps there needs to take uh, some healing that needs to take place first. Now what happens in the bedroom? How is that supposed to affect what happens out of the bedroom? Well, what happens inside the bedroom definitely affects what happens outside. When couples get married so often, I think we resign from our number one role, that of being a spouse. It's easy to start chasing careers, kids, whatever. Also throw in the NASCAR pace of life. Also throw in some other extracurricular activities. You have a hard time really building in time and carving time out for one another. So this book is all about creativity. It's all about romance. It's all about rekindling that, that it factor that you had before the marriage altar because what you do before the marriage altar affects what you do after the marriage altar. So try doing what you did before, even after, and I don't believe it'll take your relationship to a whole nother level. No. Okay, so we're looking at, um, let me go we through. Have, you know, pictures, we have some of the worst. Uh, well, I know, say, our wedding photos are not the best. Oh yeah, this oh, is a great one. The one that shows the altar, <laughs> all of the bridesmaids, and then we're kind of peering in like angels looking yeah. over at the, at the wedding. I don't know, if you got married in the 80s, you probably have a shot like that. That was the popular shot. Right now, Ed Young is doing something very odd. He joins us on the phone now to tell us what that is. Pastor Ed, thanks for uh, coming on the ticket. Good morning to you, man. Oh, God. You don't think Jerry. No, no. No, no. Listen, man, you guys have the greatest show I think I've ever heard. You, you guys are awesome. How is your congregation responding to this? Do you, do you fight uh, some members who think this is not the right way to do it, or are they mostly on board? You know, most, most of the people are on board. You know, when we gave the sex challenge, the guy stood up and gave us a standing ovation. <laughs> but, but then after about three or four days, you know, the texts and the emails we, we received were from women. They were saying, man, the romance level has gone to another level. God's the one that thought it up. He's pro-sex, sex begins in heaven. And I think when we understand that and get God's opinion on it, I mean, you're talking about a hot opinion, God's got it on sex, then I, I, I think we can discover, you know, what relationships are all about. But I'm excited about churches, you know, talking about the raw and the real. Lisa and I don't have the perfect marriage, and we talk about that, and, and I, I speak about that often. We've gone through struggles like anyone else. But I think when you do it his way, uh, you can negotiate through those difficult times and, and, and when especially you understand what sex is all about and, 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 and when you understand the beauty of it, then I think greatness will, will happen. And lastly, uh, this is not just to put the focus on couples. It is also to remind them that they have to have these conversations about sex with their kids, isn't oh, it? Oh, yes. yes. No we, we question don't do that. about that. Sex education begins when you bring that baby home from the hospital because the environment is created yes. for them to learn about sex before a, a lesson is ever taught or spoken. So you're creating an environment for them to learn. And 
who better to teach the children about sex than the mom and the dad? The first place to have that talk is in the home. The second place is the church. Because, right here. Because God invented yep. it. We should be uh, bold and audacious in talking mm -hmm. about it among each other as spouses, but also with our children because we want our kids to have that great legacy, a wonderful marriage that they can have and enjoy forever. Listen, I can, we cannot tell y'all how grateful we are to y'all for doing this, but really and truly, this is just a continuation of what y'all have been doing for 20 plus years there at Fellowship Church and love, love. I, I think every pastor ought to get behind the bed in because it's an opportunity to cast a vision for what can be. And you all do such a great job. You know, it, it's easy in Twitterverse, all that kind of stuff, to take pot shots at this, that, and this other thing. But y'all do such a great job of keeping it on a high plane Thank and saying, this is what we are for. This is what we're in yes. favor of. And this yes. is what God is calling us to. And we literally will never be able to repay y'all for everything Thank that you've you, done for us personally. And it's just, it's a blast to get to share this with y'all. Okay, well, we and love I you. Say, every parent ought to get behind the bed in and Somebody. be for the services because we said those are awkward conversations. Right. Then bring them in church and let Ed talk about it. Let Lisa talk about it. We're going to talk about it in this series. You know what, Julie? We're actually later on this afternoon, we'll have all the kids here. Uh oh. I think it's at 255. <laughs> all the kids are going to come and talk about how Ed and I told them about sex. Ooh. We will definitely be tuning in. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be comedy hour. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> well, part of that to me is talking about sexuality yes. in a way that, that just is an ongoing conversation. Now, I'm going to tell that are listening, there is no way it's not going to be awkward. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It's awkward. That's right. But you need to... Uh, face the awkwardness, kind of fight through it, That's right. and have that conversation, and and then create an open dialogue so that hopefully your kids can come back. Yeah. And uh, you know, part of what I what I love about what you guys are doing, well, it's obvious that you love each other. Yes. And you know, the fact that uh, I just think some couples are like afraid to be romantic or kiss in front of the kids yes, or snuggle and I just think you need to yeah because yeah. you need to model that for your yeah. children so that they can see what healthy exactly. intimacy looks like exactly. you know what Mark sometimes somebody told us once and um, I can't remember who I'd love to give credit to the source but that um, the way you tell your children about sex or how old somebody will say well how old should your kids be when you talk to them about sex it starts from the time that they're born. I mean, Ed says, and we've all heard that the sex was the first word ever mentioned about any person. It's a boy or it's a girl. But from that moment on, they're taking their cues from mom and dad and how it works and how it operates and, and about the love relationship, the reconciliation, all of that. So sexual education is from the beginning. You know, it's a long, long process. But that climate creates, I think it helps with that awkward talk you know if you have the right climate leading up to the talk i was gonna say teenagers out there i know you think oh gosh this is a sex book oh my yeah. goodness i can't read this but hey listen let's change the world in our generation that's right saving your yeah because yeah. it's worth it and don't listen to the culture bring the bed back into church Woo!
Hide back in the bed. That's right. Oh, wow. Thank you, young children. Woohoo. Tell me, how do you talk to, to students about this very topic? Because you're a sought after speaker, and especially I know the young people are drawn to you. Give us, give us some, some stuff that you, that you use when you talk to them about this subject. Um, Proverbs 29.18 is probably my favorite verse to use because you would never think of it as a sex verse, but it says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Yes. And so one of the things that I put in the comments that I wrote about the book that you guys were kind enough to let me um, write some words about it is that usually we approach sex and sexuality from a restrictive standpoint. And so we try to try to impose restraint. But the scripture says that where there's no vision, the people throw off the restraint. So you oh, can wow. put on all the restraint that you want, put on all the rules and all the boundaries that you want and, and scare people with tactics all you want. But if there's no vision, yes. if there's no, if there's no um, uh, a preferable future that they're driving toward, then the restraint will be cast off when temptation gets high. You know that what I'm saying? So, so good. That's so, excellent. So, so good. trying to create like you guys have uh, a vision for what God intended sexuality to be, what he intended marriage to be, and then the restraint will come as a byproduct of the vision that you have. So I think if you get get a teenager or really anyone who, who whether they're, they're married and trying to stay sexually pure in marriage or whatever the case is, if they have a vision that's so hot and so, so pure, so focused and so worthwhile, then they would never forfeit that vision of what God's put uh, put in front of them on the altar of temporary pleasure and satisfaction. Yes. And so I think that's what you guys are trying to do right now, which is get the vision out in front of people rather than a, a book about the evils of sex to say, this is the way God intended it to be yes. and paint that picture so beautifully that the restraint will be a byproduct of the vision. Boy, that's a great word. Brilliant. Now, Carl and Laura need no introduction, but they're, they're two of the most dynamic leaders in the world today. They pastor Hillsong, New York, Hillsong, NYC. And they Carl and Laura have been leading oh. um, young adults and, and singles and, and just making an impact. Now, Laura, how long have you guys been married? Eight years. Wow. And you have Ava, Charlie, Ava, Charlie and, and Roman. Roman. Okay, gotcha. You know what, that is intense, man. And it's, and it's intense in a, in a great way, but also too, they're, they're challenges, you know? And, and one of the reasons, Carl and Laura, that we wrote the book, The Sex Experiment, were, were those challenges that Lisa and I faced, uh, and still face, but we, we faced especially when the kids were young, because the best sermon I've ever had preached to me about marriage was from our pediatrician, believe it or not. I might've told you this story before, but basically Lisa, uh, took the twins, and I w went with her uh, during their two-month baby appointment, and the pediatrician asked me, hey, have you dated Lisa lately? Have you taken her out on a date? And I'm thinking like, wait a minute, that's what I did to get her back in the day. She was like, no, 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 have you dated her? And I was like, boom, totally convicted. I hadn't been dating Lisa or whatever. So, that really, really was a game changer for us. The pediatrician, I know God used her voice box to communicate that to me. We begin a date night 
And it's, it's tough when the kids are young to carve out a day, you know, a night, breakfast, lunch, whatever, uh, once every other week or hopefully once a week where you can date your mate because what you used to get her is what you used to keep her. So I talk too much about it. I simply want to yeah, say. Yeah, what do you guys, yeah. how do you guys handle how it? How do you Ava, guys do that? Do Ava and Charlie and Roman, do they ever cry if you say, yeah. uh, you've got a sitter tonight? Or have you, have you kind of gotten them in that groove? Yeah, how do you do that? Because all these young uh, couples want to know. We, we started that from when they were newborns. Um, we've always taken a moment to, or a night, or whatever, a weekend to get away from the kids. Because I think it's just helpful for us, obviously, yeah. but it's also helpful for them. That's to great. see that uh, mom and dad when in the family the most important thing. Yeah. Yes. You know, we love them and they're our huge priority, but this is our priority. Yeah. Tell us how you keep control of uh, or how do you keep things from spinning out of control in your relationship with each other yes. and your family unit? Well, what we started to do was really challenging. We had to change everything from Virginia to New York City. And we have some pretty honest dinners where we'll ask Laura, how am I doing as a husband? Yeah. Wow. She knows wow. we have the rules where she can't get in trouble for what she answers. Because often spouses will say be honest yeah. with each other. That's and brilliant. Then, brilliant. Then, brilliant. Huge, a huge fight. I think us just being honest with each other. Just make the time to say, how do you think I'm doing? And vice versa. And we just keep on reevaluating week by week, almost day by day. Doing? Hey, Pastor Ed. Yes, sir. I think it's awesome what you're doing, Thank and you. I'm so behind this. Amen. We're gonna get behind it. At our I church. It. Um, I think. Uh, I think God. We're gonna do this experiment. Oh yeah, Chelsea. That's are right. you kidding me? Yes. Did you hear that? Chelsea's like stating it right here. I like I've it. Been here for years. Amen. Seven days in a row. Are you kidding me? That's, That's right. That's right. That's just like yeah. Normal. It's normal. We're doing it. Hey, I think. I think you guys are absolutely amazing, and I think it's incredible. I think if anybody on the planet should have the best sex, it should be people who worship the creator. That's right. It. That's right. Dude, and, I love uh, that. That's right. That. Somebody God, needs to Twitter that. The being in the universe. That's right. He created it. Yep. He, he, is, he has created it for us to enjoy it, and we ought to enjoy it in the right yes. context. You know, we have to do the best with what God's given us. And it's easy once you get married to relax, isn't it? To say, you know what? I got my man. I got my woman. I'm just gonna gonna put it on autopilot. You know what I'm saying to you? So it's important, right. without breaking the bank, to look as good as possible. You need to keep yourself fit, etc. Yeah. That's my, my motto is I don't ever want to be the guy that has to turn off the lights. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I think that's up. good. That is good. Wow. Owen, did you hear that, Owen? He didn't hear it. Well, I'll forget it. Oh, okay. that's a it's, good it's somebody way out there. <laughs> Do you remember Owen? Yeah. Owen, Owen yeah, is, a, yeah. is a legend around here at Fellowship Church. So. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, that's one of the things that we've been working so hard to get the message out today about this experiment is that, you know, it's way more than about, um, about just the physical act of sex. It's about the enjoyment of one another's company. It's about um, how to date your spouse. It's about how to take care of yourself and, and be all that God created you to be, but also all that your marriage is to be. And so, you know, it's all about 
that and, and we're really so thankful that there's such great role models like you and Chelsea that, um, you know, help carry this cause, so to speak. Now, this is usually when you call in the show and give us your Facebook and Twitters and I answer your questions. Well, tonight, I'm making the phone call. Technically, I'm making a Skype connection. Um, usually, uh, church talk, like the church lady and sex talk, don't necessarily mix, but one Texas pastor thinks they should, and he's literally shouting that from the rooftop. We decided to put the bed on top of the church to make a statement that God is pro-sex and he wants us to do it his way. If there's anything I've learned about fellowship, it is that if you, if you can do something to attract attention, and maybe if it makes some people go, whoa, what is that about? Right. That, that, it, that, that step one is attract attention, positive attention, even negative attention from skeptics. But once you've got that attention, turn it into a, a, a biblical message about, about intimacy, about sex, something that not a lot of clergy talk about in order to uh, sort of supplant the, the messages that come uh, from the secular world. Exactly. And you know, Mark, that's what Jesus did. Sometimes we, we don't think about him in that realm, but he was the most creative communicator in the history of the universe. He was using word pictures. He was using visuals. He was telling stories to capture people's attention. So we're simply taking a page out of his playbook as we put the bed on top of Fellowship Church because as Lisa said, it's time to bring the bed back in church and God back in the bed and let's and let's start our own sexual revolution right here which will lead to I think purity and it will lead to our relational destiny that God has in store for all of us. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Now, it was such a great day, and we're so in awe of how God is using this message, but I want to let you in on some inside information. What we did not realize was from the time we got up there at 6 a.m., um, all through the day, we had these very bright lights that were shining in our face. And on the lights, there were these reflectors that would maximize the potential for the lights. Well, as of course, you had the sun, you know, beaming down. And Ed and I did have on sunscreen and sun protection. Um, but and we wore sunglasses as much yeah. as we could. But what we did not realize is that the lights, the reflectors, the white bedspread, all of that was just multiplying the UV rays on our face. And so if you could see a little bit in the video, but there was this gradual, slow burn that we were not aware of. And this is the result. Yeah, you can see my Angelina Jolie lips and I really like this look. No, I, let me just tell you that um, we had to go to in, the, in all seriousness, we had to, we had to, go to, a, we, we, we had we to have a, a guy, we had to have uh, a physician Friday yeah, phenomenal evening, eye surgeon, eye doctor, and, and then yesterday he, we went to the eye doctor. Yeah, when he, when he looked at our eyes, he was like, "Wow," because he said we what, burned the cornea. We, we burned our corneas, yeah. and we didn't realize it. So Ed and I literally could not see. The, the video that you showed, um, actually, I think maybe we have a picture of uh, Dr. Drew, the, the yeah. scene where we're doing the interview with Dr. Drew. We, we couldn't even see I, I don't a know thing, if, yeah. hardly. If it you was... can see, our eyes yeah. 
We were trying to prop our eyes open so that we would, you know, look really pathetic. Is more pathetic than we look right there. Yeah. But uh, we we truly could not see, and so that's why we were having to take breaks for the doctor. And then yesterday, when Ed woke up, his eyes were swollen shut, and so it's we took one for the team, huh? Yay! <laughs> we do it again. That's right. We, we do, do it, it again. again. We'll do it again because you want to shout it from that. Thank you. Thank, no, thank, thank you. you. Come thank on. You. Oh, it's it's oh, yeah. about. It only hey. takes one person. Yeah, oh, let's, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll stand too. We'll give yeah. it up. Thank you guys. Thank you. I'm sure all the campuses, Miami, yes, Dallas, Plano, Fort Worth, y'all are all standing. Thank you. Yeah, be thank seated. Thank you. Please be seated. No, seriously. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, sometimes you don't realize what's happening. That's right. And there's this slow burn taking place, and, and, and unbeknownst to you, you're in dire straits. Well, that same principle is true with a lot of marriages. We don't realize that there's a gradual burn taking place, and that so often what we think is a-okay, hunky-dory, everything's good, we're really not protecting our marriages the way God wants us to, and there's a slow burn a slow death, and if we're not careful, we can end up in the deep weeds in our relationships and in our marriage if we don't have the proper sun protection. I'm not talking about S-U-N, I'm talking about S-O-N. We need to have the proper sun protection in yeah. our marriages for them to be all that God wanted them to be. That's true, and so often, Lisa, it's those small things, as we say, small tweaks take any relationship to giant peaks, and especially in marriage. And I love what our friend Stephen Furtick said. In fact, we'll be speaking, doing this experiment talk tonight in Charlotte and in a couple of days in New York City. But I like what Stephen said. I thought it was so, so profound about vision, that one of the things that thrills me about our book, The Sex Experiment, is straight from Scripture because people don't understand God's unbelievable vision for us sexually. So for far too long, the church has said, no, no, don't do it, don't do it. God says, do it with your spouse. So the vision should be so strong, we should be so focused and attentive to the vision that it overpowers anything else the evil one throws our way. Absolutely, but it doesn't just happen. We have to be conscious of it. We tell a story in the book, The Sex Experiment. So I guess what you're saying is the way a marriage can get off tracks, it's a slow burn. Also, it could be a slow burn to be hot for God and hot for one another. That takes some process as well. Yeah, you have to work at yeah. it. But we have to be on guard. Tell us about the story we wrote, a little illustration about the frog. Well, you've probably heard the frog in the kettle. That is so, so true. If you throw a frog, how many have had frog legs before to eat? I mean, Anybody I don't, from the South, Louisiana, come on. I've never done this, but if you put yeah, a frog. We're not, we're not promoting this. No, we're not promoting this. Don't go home anymore. and do this. No, no, no. But if you take a frog and put the frog in some, some regular water, just, just tap water, with tepid. With, yeah, temperature, tepid water. Normal yeah. temperature. And then slowly you crank up the heat. The frog doesn't realize it, but you're boiling him to death slowly, methodically, and surely he's just going to be he's going to be burned up. But he has no idea no because clue. it's just a gradual process. And if we let our guards down, if we sort of go with the flow, if we become benign, flippant, if we just kind of relax as spouses, that can happen. I'm not saying we should never have 
chill time as spouses, but what we're saying is it's a constant work. It's that MWE, the marital work ethic, or if you're dating, you're constantly working. And conversely, if you were to drop a frog, which we know you're not going to do, but if you were to drop a frog in boiling water, Don't the frog that. would immediately go, ouch, this is not normal. I've got yeah. to get out and would hop out of the water because he realized the heat. It's the slow, methodical burning process. And that's what the enemy does, Lisa. He just inches death. us, inches us to mediocrity. To those, to those things. And one day we wake up, we're like, wow. I love what Proverbs 4, verse 23 through 27 says. Keep vigilant. The word vigilant means to be on guard, looking at all times while others are resting and sleeping. Be vigilant. Watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step, and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil in the dust. And I know, without a shadow of doubt, if we will keep our eyes on the Son, the Son of God, not looking to the right or to the left, being distracted by the world's sideshows, that we will have a road that is smooth, not perfect, not problem-free, but a road that is smooth, and we can leave evil in the dust. That's a great That's word for all of us today. I just thought it'd be cool, Ed, for us to, um, to just share after we've gotten to see the highlight reel, so to speak, of the uh, bed in, if we could just share some practical things, some take-home things on you know, what to do now. And one of the things that I wanted to share is that we have to, three things, but the first one is to go vertical. Now, Ed and I took the message to the roof. Fellowship Church took the message to the roof. But I'm not talking about that kind of vertical. Now, if you do decide to do your own bed in at home on your roof, well, let me just warn you about the you know, sunscreen and everything. Don't have those <laughs> reflector lights. Yeah. But we're talking about going vertical with your relationship with God. There's no way that we can look for another human being to satisfy the soulish need that we have. We have to find that first and foremost in a relationship with God. And he's provided that through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, for some of you, that may be the first time you've ever heard that. For others, you may have heard it before, and you may be dialed in to that relationship. But have you allowed that slow process of fading away so that you're not constantly tweaking and thinking about the vertical relationship? We have to think about God's view of sex, God's view of dating, God's view of relationships, God's view of marriage, which is huge, big, powerful. It's totally caffeinated. And we have to put that at the frontal lobes of and our that, mind. And that translates to the horizontal because, you know, it, it would be easy just to talk about the negativity in our world. Here's what's happening in the porn industry. Here's what's happening in, in, in books. And here's what's happening with people talking here on Facebook and Twitter, et cetera. And yeah, we'll mention a few of those things. However, we want you to see, and, and Lisa and I see, and it's work to see God's greatness involved. That's why We've written this book, and that's why, by God's grace, he's enabling us to carry it to so many, many different environments because we want people to see the greatness that yeah, God has. That's right. And we want to advertise that and articulate that and talk about that, not and be shy about that. And it's something that every single person who has a relationship 
with the Son exactly. of God can do. Matthew 6, says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Get that vertical relationship right, and then the horizontal will flow and be what God wants it to be. So, you know, in, even in the video, Lisa, I was thinking, as people were talking, the closer you walk with Jesus, the better and the stronger your intimacy and your sex life will become. Absolutely. No doubt. Number two, have a mind exchange. Exchange your little view of sex for a God-sized view of sex. Ed and I used the acrostic last week for the word sex. Sex is first supernatural. There's a supernatural oneness that God intended between a husband and a wife. E, it's for our enjoyment our pleasure. And X, it's not X-rated, but God created. If we can think in, that in those terms, in that way about God's view, then our minds will be transformed and renewed. Romans and Lisa, 12. You know, thinking about this, just a couple days ago, a couple nights ago, we were in Los Angeles speaking. And as we were being taken to this, to this environment, to this venue, a guy pointed out to us, the guy was driving us, great guy, Joel, wonderful Christian guy. He goes, Right over that mountain, there's a 10 square mile area. He said that's where all of the adult films, pretty much all of the films are produced right there. And I guarantee you, a lot of people think that is truly the epicenter of sex. What we're saying is this, it's, it, 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 it's vertical. It's vertical. It's about God. And, and what would happen if the minds, well, first of all, the hearts and yes. then the minds of those individuals who work Mm -hmm. in that area of the porn industry, of the, um, you know, adult films. See, one of the things that we can never do as followers of Christ is expect those who are not followers of Christ to act like followers right. of Christ. So the goal is for us to live our lives as such a light that they see the difference and they want that relationship. But let's not put um, the God-sized living on them when they don't have a, an understanding and a relationship. But what would happen if their minds, yeah. their hearts, then their minds could be transformed. Well, they, um, there was a rumor he was talking about one of the adult stars, former stars, who, who actually was there when we taught on this subject. And he was talking about the transformation in right. this person's life. And this individual and that was there in yeah, absolutely just stunning. Was while we were speaking, was actually a, um, a victim of human trafficking. Yeah. She had been brought into over to California, to mm -hmm. the Hollywood area, to this porn uh, industry through human trafficking. And so it's, it's, it's easy to think of porn as just a simple little thing that happens in the context and confines of your mind and your world, but what you don't realize is the effect it has on individuals, right. the dehumanizing of individuals, and this is also related to the sex trafficking, human trafficking. But Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, don't, be, don't allow your mind to be squeezed out by culture, by what the world says. Um, Take it to another level by being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we have to have a mind exchange. Also, we have to work it out. Mm -hmm. Ed, are you a workout guy? I, I, yeah, I try to work out. Both of us do. And as we've been saying, you have to do the best with what God's given you. You can't become obsessed with it. 
but you need to to work out because but you know don't much, trash don't trash the temple. But pretty much everybody, you know, you start yeah. a new year. Yeah, you, you want to work. You maybe man. you have your reunion, high school reunion coming up, mm -hmm. or prom, or something's coming up, and you say, you know what, I'm gonna get in shape. I'm yes. gonna just start working it out. I'm gonna work it out, and we're all enthusiastic, and then somehow along the way, it's like, oh man, this is a lot of work. Yep. No wonder they call it a workout. That's right. Because it's a lot of work. Well, we have to have the same mentality when it comes to our marriages. Even even more so. And even more so. We uh, call that the MWE. You'll hear that a lot. The marital work ethic. And that's why you need to behave and, and check out each other's behavior before the marriage altar because that will give you a sign what's going to happen after the marriage altar. We don't stop working once we get married. That's when the work should really, really begin. But to sit there and say, wow, you can just put it on autopilot is not true. You've got to work and work and work and work and work. And when Ed and I got married, his dad gave us a workout verse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, now I'm thinking to myself, okay, the verse he gave us was Ephesians 4.32. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What about all those other verses in Ephesians that talk about how husbands are to love their wives and wives are to love their husbands and support their husbands and, and you know, all the different things to do with the relationship? Or what about 1 Corinthians 13? I mean, that's a love chapter. Come yes. on, isn't that the verse you want to give us as our workout verse? But no, he said, if you live, Ed and Lisa, if you live by Ephesians 4.32, I guarantee, and that's a pretty strong word, I guarantee, I guarantee your marriage will be successful. And Ephesians 4.32. That's like the guy from the men's warehouse. I guarantee. <laughs> well, it was the preacher warehouse that was telling us that. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind. George Zimmer. That's his name, right? George Zimmer. I guarantee. <laughs> How many of you have ever seen a men's warehouse commercial? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just, you know, intergalactic. I have a friend of mine who goes to our Dallas campus, and George Zimmer gave him a tie. How cool is that? He that has is, it framed. Oh, that's cool. Now, okay. George, if you're watching this, I wouldn't mind having a tie from you. That would be <laughs> incredible. And we would love to share with you Ephesians 4.32. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. 30 years, I'm very used to this. Um, <laughs> be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. This is what I call a workout verse. Yes. It's a tough one. It's a hard one. But Ooh. essentially, we're saying what you need to work into your marriage is attentiveness. Being attentive to your spouse, husbands, treasuring your wives and the person that they are and the person God wants them to be. Wives, being attentive to your husbands, making them the treasure that they are as God has given them to you. And, and so often, the last person that we are attentive to is our husbands. We have energy for everything else. Husbands, you have energy for your work, everything else, but not the, your spouse. Put it this way. When I, I, I do a lot of speaking, and I, I enjoy, everyone does, when people say I enjoyed that or whatever, send you a text or an email or shake your hand, that's great. Nothing, though, nothing means what it means for Lisa to say, honey, I enjoyed that message. God really used you in that talk. Now that is like, oh. I mean, that's that really. Don't lay down and you won't get up. No, the same is true, guys. The same is true when we compliment our spouse. And I need to do a much better job in complimenting Lisa. 
So what I will fail and do, I'll just kind of do a general compliment. Like, let's say Lisa cooks, and I'll go, oh, that, that was an awesome meal, great meal. Now, that's nice, but you're prolific when you're specific. Lisa, that was a great meal. The way you cooked the chicken, it was so tender. Most of the time. Somebody slap your mama. I mean, that <laughs> is getting detailed, you see? That's good. But we have to be spouse-centric, not work-centric, not kid-centric, not relationship-centric Singles, listen to this. Home. Junior high students, I'm telling you. centric you got to be attentive to your spouse. Also, words of encouragement. Ed was just mentioning that. Be an encourager. Just because you think it doesn't mean they receive it. You know, most of us do not operate That's off right. of mental telepathy. We have to actually articulate yes. it with the spoken word, with the written word. Texts and emails are great, but why not even go old school with a letter? Jot a note down and, and show appreciation and encouragement. But Ed, I think the most difficult one is, and I think it's the glue that makes it all come together. Yeah. I think this is the word that actually clinches the guarantee that your dad was giving us, and that is forgiveness. Woo. To bring forgiveness into your relationship. But Lisa, but Ed, I know you don't know the pain that I've gone through. I know what you're saying, but you just don't know the hurt, the betrayal, the difficulty. You don't know what I've walked through in our marriage. And you're right, Ed, and I don't. But God does. And as painful as it might be, this is the phrase you've got to remember. Just as in Christ... God has forgiven you. When we look at our spouse, no matter what they've done, and we think about how God looks at us, no matter what we've done, and yet he still loved us enough to send Jesus, his only son, mm -hmm. to live a perfect life, die a sacrificial death, and rise again to provide forgiveness and everlasting life for us. In light of that, how can we hold back forgiveness. We have to let them go. That's right. Let it go. And honey, it's about what you said so beautifully. It's about vertical. All we have to do again is look it's, at the cross. It's the power the vertical, of the vertical. Right. It's the power it, of the vertical. Then it transcends to the horizontal. John 10.10 is one of Ed's and my life verses and really a life verse for Fellowship Church because in John 10.10, Jesus says, that he has come to give us life and life to the full. That's such an amazing thing when you think about relationships, your dating relationships, when you think about what God has in store for your marriage. He wants a full on, full life existence for you and for me. But let's not kid ourselves. The first part of the verse, Jesus says, but the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes to do the slow burn right. on our relationships and our marriages. Let's not be unaware. Let's be vigilant as husbands and as wives and those dating. Let's be vigilant to do it God's way, to love God's way with that unconditional, forgiving, compassionate love so that we can have a full life, a full marriage, a full encounter with God in every aspect of our lives. That's what God wants for every single relationship here. That's right. This is an awesome time where we've gotten to just enjoy 
talking about what God's doing right here at Fellowship Church, but even beyond the walls of Fellowship Church. But perhaps there's someone here and you don't have the SON protection in your life. Maybe you're at one of our other campuses and you don't have Jesus Christ in your life giving you that soulish protection. Just bow your heads with us right now. Father, I thank you for the time that we've shared together, for the energy and the enthusiasm you're giving married couples, for the direction and vision you're giving those who are dating to have strength in their spouse selection. But right now, Father, I want to talk specifically to every person hearing my voice who needs to have a relationship with your precious son, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that you sent your son to forgive us of our sins so that we could have community with you. And I just ask that if that's you right now, if you've never prayed that prayer, it's a prayer that Ed and I prayed many years ago, but it's a prayer that changed our lives forever. It changed our destiny. It changed our eternity. Just say these words to yourself as I say them out loud. Dear God, thank you so much for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross and providing forgiveness for everything I've done wrong. I've made so many mistakes. I've failed in so many different ways, but I know because of Jesus, I'm now clean. I receive what he did on the cross and I'm so thankful, Father, that you now call me your son, your daughter. I want to walk with you. I want to live for you. I want to experience the full life that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.